TLDR, if you're short on time but interested in the climate and sustainability challenges we face, then here are seven minutes of sound bites from Jeremy Tamamini, founder of Dual Citizen and creator of the Global Green Economy Index. Now, if you do have time, you're on a run, a cycle, a drive, then do check out the full episode. Jeremy's doing vital work. And finally, an ask from us. If you're enjoying the show, then please share it with someone you know or follow us or like us on your favorite podcast player. And please subscribe to our new YouTube channel as it helps us grow the show. Now, over to Jeremy. The space around sustainability and and data and climate crisis and the ecological breakdown that we're facing is much more in the mix of conversation today, but it really hasn't been. There's always been general, as long as I've been working on it, which is about a decade, there's always been interest and sort of, oh, tell me more. But it's actually not a very comfortable space because it's a space where there's inherently lots of unknowns. The entire concept of our climate crisis is based upon scenarios and it's based upon projections. And there's also no clear solution. There's no silver bullet. There's no like, oh, if we did this, it would all be fine. We just don't know. So professionally, I would say is a space of discomfort that perhaps will last, you know, the rest of my career. I think on a professional level, I was influenced a lot by my grandfather, which is ironic because my American grandfather died when I was five. So I didn't know him well. I remember moments with him, but in that sort of very young way where they're not crystal clear and the conversations weren't necessarily that in depth. Like he was a systems thinker around the very issues that I work on. He was, he was a lot of things in his career. And one of the direct links was that he, while he was a professor at MIT later on in his career, introduced Jay Forrester, who was a systems modeler, to the Club of Rome in the early 1970s. And that collaboration, along with various other contributors and authors, led to the publication of Limits to Growth, a very interesting book and something that I think is at the very center of what I'm working on, what we're dealing with as a society today. Limits to Growth is based on modeling in the early 70s around the intersection of human population growth, resource use, and and the earth and kind of what that all looks like as time passes and projections were that 40 to 50 years from that point, which is now, things would really start breaking down. The green economy approach to this topic is a system-wide approach. So we're not just looking at emissions. We're not just looking at biodiversity. We're not just looking at renewable energy insulation or, you know, green investment. We're looking at this entire system as a whole. But this general idea that we have an environmental and a social and an economic piece to the green economy and that we can look at that system through these different dimensions, as I call them, does have quite a bit of academic analysis behind it, lots of NGO analysis. And then today, thankfully, a lot of work in the private sector around what that looks like in companies, what it looks like 
from the perspective of investing, et cetera. As we rounded the corner into the 2020s, I realized that we're falling behind. We're way behind. There was a lot of learning and a lot of target setting and a lot of testing in the 2010s, which natural given what a new complicated topic it was. But then time started to pass and you're kind of like, well, is progress being made or not? And that was a big driver in the Global Green Economy Index to start to define rankings around this idea of progress and distance from targets. Because if you don't have that type of accountability in your measurement framework, it's not entirely clear what your results are saying. I mean, I can measure all kinds of things. And if I'm just doing a relative ranking, you know, I can say, Jeremy is the number one tennis player in the world compared to Mark. Well, Mark might not play tennis. So you're not really saying something just by speaking relatively or measuring relatively. You're saying a lot more, especially around this topic, when you are, you're looking at progress. So you're looking at the rate of progress too, because new analysis that's starting to come around carbon emissions, for example, is starting to be able to quantify for different countries the rate of decarbonization that's necessary annually to reach certain targets like Paris schools, et cetera. So we're starting to really connect what's happening year to year versus what needs to happen to get to a certain point. So I think it's just a much more usable format because we are way behind. Um, I mean, there's 18 different topics to speak to, but if we speak to the most sort of obvious one, the one that gets the most attention around emissions, not one single country today has policies in place aligned with the 1.5 degree trajectory, meaning they may have targets, they may have rhetoric, they may have all kinds of contributions to COP meetings and things like that. But the analysis looks at actually our policies in place on the governmental level to transform these economies on these lower emission pathways. And currently, not one country does. Terrifying and completely unacceptable that we're not one year after Paris. We're almost eight years after the Paris Climate Agreements. Not all, but many large economies are decarbonizing in the sense that they are reducing um, the carbon intensity of their economies. The problem is, is this is a collective action problem. This is a problem that is all about what we do as a global community. And so there's all kinds of other places where emissions are increasing, and there's all kinds of equity questions around that as well. So this more targeted question around paradox, so this idea that we can observe so many examples of positive momentum in terms of overall public awareness, in terms of governmental awareness, in terms of private sector activity and innovation, in terms of activism, in terms of product development, in terms of renewable energy pricing. I mean, the list goes on and on of the real momentum that has developed around addressing the climate crisis. 
Yet, when we look at these top line indicators related to greenhouse gas emissions, the environment like biodiversity and oceans or social equity, I don't want to say every one of them is just plummeting on a constant basis, but they certainly do not feel, they're certainly not improving in the way that one might expect given the amount of momentum that's emerged in the areas that I described. Okay, that's all for now, folks. Now here's my ask of you. Please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever player you use. Also, please subscribe to our new Random Collisions newsletter. We really are working to build a global community of action takers, action engines of people that really care about the problems that need solving. Thank you very much and see you next time.